97-esque band, The Future of Rock and Roll. Welcome to Dong Teeny, episode number 123. On today's show, Steffi had a scary conversation with someone after an internet fight. Simone took Valium in order to seem casual and trick her cat into going to the vet. And there's a very special football-shaped dong in the news. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Simone. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. Thank you, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? Um, I just had the this major scary conversation with my friend I had a fight with. And, oh. Um, and we, it went really well. And oh, good. I'm amazed. I know. So, when did this um, conversation happen? Today or yesterday? Yes, it happened today. It happened this morning. It's Saturday night right now uh-huh. while we're talking. But um, we had the fight. We've, we've been in disagreement over the Tony Jones. It's my friend Matthew Paul Turner. And we've been in disagreements a little, like, over the Tony Jones stuff, like, like how, how dire it is. And I'm like, this is a big deal. Right. This is like the Driscoll reenactment. This is like the people not believing the person without power. You know, yeah. it's a person. And, and he, he's been the most understanding, I feel, of all our mutual friends um, about it. But, but last week, like, everyone on the SCCL really lashed out at him. Uh-huh. And um, he... And it was, I don't think, I think that he's really, sen- he's like seriously sensitive and caring and he uh-huh. has a newborn at home and he was sick and he was like, this isn't any excuse, but he goes, he goes, I am so sorry. I was an asshole. And it was just like, so I was like, I was too. I'm so sorry. And we just had, we talked for an hour and a half about everything. And uh-huh. um, I was like, I was like, cause everyone at SCCL is so mad at you, Matthew. You know, what did he say um, that made everyone so mad? He, well, that. first of all, he um, he had been saying, "I don't know." I, he goes, "I'm neutral on Tony and Julie." Right. And then, and then when the documents came out, he was the only one of all those people to release a statement saying, "I can't stay neutral anymore." Right. And people on SCCL, a bunch of survivors, are like. Yeah, fuck you. You should have known from the beginning. Like, right. why does it take this for people to listen? You know, like, it shouldn't take court documents for people to, like, pay attention. It should be like, well, we don't know. And and then mo- both sides should be listened to because there's a deeper story there. And so that's what SCCL was saying. And he right. was going through all this stuff at home. And, and he, he just had all the stuff that I won't say, right, you know, in public, yeah. whatever. But you know how it is, you know. And plus you have a new baby at yeah. your home and two toddlers. So, like, he, he's like... Like, he's like, it broke me. He goes, I blocked you. I'm so sorry. I did. I just like felt like, oh, maybe I can't trust her now. And um, he's like, he goes, I was afraid that you might post some private conversations, even though you hadn't before, you know. And I'm like, I can understand that fear because that's been going on. Like people have been doing right. that. And he's like, I said, I promise I'll, I'll never do that. And he's like, I love you. And, you know, we just talked. It was just, he was really generous and it was really, it felt so rare, you know? Yeah, yeah. It felt like that doesn't happen very often. And so um, it started when a week ago I was like so upset about it all and I told a mutual friend she's kind of a mom figure she wrote a book about Mr. Rogers Um, Uh she kind of knew Mr. Rogers but she told me she's like Stephanie I just understand you're hurt but I think he's hurt too and I'm like 
but I deserve to be hurt. He was horrible. And she's like, I know, but maybe you could reach out to him. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know what? You're right. And so I sent yeah. him a big email and I, then the subject, I was like, I think we're both really hurt. And I go, I'm really sorry for acting out of my, my anger instead of out of my pain, like out of my sadness, you know? Yeah. And I go, I think that's where it got bad. And, um, and I totally think that you're a really sensitive, caring person. We have all this history and I would just like to be able to talk and I'm sorry for being an asshole, you know? And so then he's like, he just wrote back, this was on Valentine's day actually. So it was kind of Uh fitting and he wrote back just something lovely, you know? And, um, so anyway, we scheduled the talk for today. So. Yeah. I think remembering that other people are also hurt when you're hurt. I think it's when we're hurt, we feel like the person that hurt us is must be so strong to have been able to hurt us in that yeah. situation. And they must and be gleeful. Yeah, <laughs> gleeful or just like comfortable because they're kind of hovering over you and, and, and upsetting you, you know. So I think you feel yeah. like, oh, this person, you, you can't imagine that they, that they are feeling fragile and hurt too. But I think exactly. if we can remind ourselves of that um, with people, then it, it, I think it's like, yeah, I have a, like a few relationships. One where I'm probably more the aggressor, seen as the aggressor when I'm hurting, and and yeah. another one where I'm the one that's, you know, uh, seeing the other person as the aggressor. But I realize that they are actually kind of hurting too, and very fragile and insecure as well. Though they would never show it, but I can tell right. from all these other elements that, yeah, they're just putting on a big face, and and it makes it easier to deal with people when you acknowledge that. Yeah, it does because. Yeah we kind of like just were on the same page and like I totally understand freaking out feeling really desperate yeah and saying saying something awful just to protect yourself you know yep and um so I you know who am I to hold that against them because he was like really sincere so I talked about it on SCCL and the, and everyone's skept- not everyone but a lot of people are skeptical right they're <sighs> like I don't know if he's sincere I was like well we'll do a podcast and and you know you guys can post questions and yeah, because yeah. they felt because they love this guy and they felt like he's been an advocate and they felt hurt by him too. So I was like, okay, yeah. we can talk about it. And, yeah. Um, so, but was he just... being neutral when you say he was being neutral? I mean, I thought that was sort of the the that was the the best the high road to take right, at this point. Right. So I, yeah, I'm sort of like, why is it about Matt? Because everyone, I know. <laughs> I'm like, so everyone's mad at him for being neutral instead of just believing the victim. Which you know, I, I as I said, I thought being neutral was sort of the way. The, the way that was best yeah I yeah I think well we felt like he wasn't really neutral we felt that his allegiance was going towards Tony. right 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 and so okay. I you know and so he started off his statement his lovely statement that we ripped him up for but he goes I can no longer remain neutral and we're like yeah motherfucker yeah. you never were is kind of how the, right, we all right, were right. so that's the other thing hey when somebody does actually say yeah I'm on your side people like to kick them when they're down when they're being open and generous and admitting you know, fault or being wrong or something, and then people are like, yeah. It's like, don't be a dick. You know, I like know. that's that's grace that, that you talk about. That's being gracious. Is if somebody admits they're wrong again, there's somebody I know that's like, you try to admit something wrong and they don't know how to how mm-hmm. to be gracious about it, and they just make me feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of they're just like, yeah, uh huh, yeah, and I'm just like, no, no. I they're like, you to yeah, like, you were wrong about that. You yeah, were. Yeah. And it's like, that just hurts you more in some yeah, ways. Because this it, is it already hot and you made street. it worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. And the... it makes you not, it makes people not want to admit, listen, this, this is well, the yeah. exact reason why people don't want to admit that they're wrong. Because that's the very thing they're afraid of. So exactly. if, you, if you kick people when they do that, then, you know, yeah. instead of just being like, 
I mean, you can be like uh, polite. You can be passively aggressive. I told you so, kind of. I guess yeah. if you have to, but like you know, it's really not helpful. It isn't. Yeah, and like it just was so healing for the first thing for him to say was, "I am so sorry." You yeah, know? it's like thank you <laughs> I am too and so yeah it was, it was good and I have a lot of hope that that we can get on the page because I kept telling him I'm like I think that that you guys feel like this is about the Tony Julie dynamics and it's in you guys have a lot of hesitation about dragging out the details which I do too because right. I really feel like I keep saying this isn't about them this is about the the culture of the person in power being believed more than right, the person's right. claiming yeah, abuse yeah. so so I was like if we can just keep the focus on that that's all I want you know he's yeah. like okay and so that's you know that's how we that's how we get on the same page so he's really listening i really feel so. yeah that's great <sighs> so cool. a big weight off my shoulders yeah yeah i know because yeah. we were stressed out about it beforehand so i was so stressed yeah. out i was like crying about it every day yeah <sighs> well so. i've been fighting a lot too lately <laughs> oh. um, with a toddler oh um, they're my meaner God. than adults sometimes <laughs> i know i know like he like when i change his diaper he like kicks so it makes it really hard because I think he's going to like, once I've taken the diaper off, I think he's going to put his heel in the shit diaper, you know? Mm. But like, he just looks at me with this, he's like gritting his teeth, like, fuck you, fuck you. It's like, <laughs> why are you doing this? Why do you want to sit in shit, you know? And it's like, you can't even like create any kind of punishment or timeout or anything because mm. I have to change the diaper. I can't take him out of this activity. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is just something that has to be done. So, um, yeah, so I've been struggling struggling with that but it was really bad last weekend and I cried because um, he'd been well he'd been he'd been hitting he'd been yeah. whining about everything and then um, he was like just standing between my legs and just like he didn't mean to do this but he was just like tilted his head back and banged it into my pubic bone and it hurt <laughs> so bad and it was just sort of like the straw that broke the camel's back just like now I'm in physical pain on top of being hit all the time and listening to whining all fucking Days. And so then, like, someone cried. saying, like, looking at you, like, fuck you, while you're trying to change their diaper. Like, that's yeah, the most demeaning yeah. thing you can do. And then for them to be, like, middle, whatever toddler equivalent of middle fingers that you is. Yeah, is just yeah. The worst. But I've been trying to, like, diffuse it by, well, something like he seems to be now having preferences on his clothing. So, like, I'll try to put shorts on him and he's fighting. So I offer a different pair of shorts and then he's like, Erdelert, which is how he says yes. So it's like, he it wants Erdelert. Dirt. Cute. Yeah, it's so Red cute. Alert. <laughs> it's Erdl like. Dirt. E R D E R D E R T. Erdl Dirt. Oh um, my god. That's so much harder than saying yes. I know, I know, right? But it's funny because uh, I say that to him. I was like, you know, it'd be easy to say yes. But then my friend was having lunch with us when he did it. She's like, but that's way cuter. And I was like, you're right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna force this. He'll get it. So, um, yeah, but yeah, so like, I'm just kind of like giving him more of a chance to, uh, be involved and make his own choices and stuff, you know, where possible. So I let him like, do you want to wear this or this? And then he like pick what he wants. So, um, I think giving him more feeling of power seems to be helping because I think that's the yeah. problem because he doesn't really talk much and uh, yeah he uh, 
you know, has his own ideas. But he's been doing great stuff like putting things in the trash. <gasps> so like great. Like things that are actual trash? <laughs> With, yes, things that are actual trash. So, like, he oh, finished awesome. one of his, like, food pouches and then, like, he put it in the trash. And today, oh. like, I was eating one of my gross diet bars and I was eating it. And he kept trying to eat it. He kept trying to eat it. He looked like he was trying to make out with it. He was like hovering over and going, oh, oh, with his like mouth open. And, and, and I just, I was like, I don't want you eating this. So like, I just kept eating it in front of him till it was done. And he took the wrapper. I was like, oh boy. I was like, well, there's no chocolate bits in it. So, okay, you can have it. And he just left and he went straight into the kitchen and put it in the trash. I was Good like, boy. what? So yeah, things are coming along, even though I'm, I'm getting hit sometimes. So I always love yeah. putting them to work. <laughs> like yes, that. I know. That's the whole reason you have them, you know. <sighs> it's when be the great. Way, you talking about him hovering like while you're eating that thing made me think of Rain Man, like kind of going back and forth on, uh, uh. <laughs> on both feet, like <laughs> like hovering. Yeah, <laughs> wanting his fish sticks or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so. Oh. Um, so you uh, received uh, one of your two birthday gifts from me yes. uh, during the week. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! This movie. Okay, Simone got me this Christian movie made in what was the year? I, I, I don't think it's two thousand. I think it's two thousand. Two thousand. It's called Time Changers, and it is a Christian movie, and it is really high budget. And it is horrible. I was, David and I are like frozen. Like, I couldn't even text you, really. I'm just going, because I kind of thought, I was like, oh, I'm going to text Simone all the good stuff. And we were just going, what? Oh my gosh. And then I think towards the end, I'm like, I want to watch this every day. (laughs) But it's like, starts out in 1890. Is that the year? Like, I think like, so, yeah. People in powdered wigs. It's not even, like, historically accurate. I don't think people were really wearing powdered wigs then, but they're like, we must go into the future to m- ensure that the Bible is taught and word of God is spread. So anyway, this horrible, drawn-out... You know, everything's horrible, except it's really high-budget and well-lit, you know? <laughs> it and is. they a good costume department. Like, everything is, like... Yeah. So, yeah. but they get to the modern modern times, two thousand, and he's all telephone. What is this you speak of? Yes. Corn <laughs> corn dog. I don't believe I've ever heard of a dog made of corn. Like I just made that up. But yeah. like, like it was constant. It's like okay, yeah. uh, maybe the first couple times, but like after an hour of oh doorknob, that's a word I recognize. You're just like yeah, all yeah. right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> But then, like the movie theater thing, how he freaked out. What did he say in there? Uh, he comes out. Yeah, he he. Um, yeah, so Greg and I saw this uh, probably like in December, I think, um, or November. But yeah, we because uh, after we met Gavin McLeod a couple of years ago, like we've just had an extra fondness for Gavin McLeod, and Greg looked this up, and so he'd done a bunch of Christian movies. So yeah, so this came, and I was just like. Uh, Greg was all excited about it and I was like yeah I'll, I'll watch it of course but I was not did not have high hopes like I just thought it would just be plain bad but it was like awesomely bad then yeah we just we just loved it and I was like texting was Stephanie throughout awesome. it was like, but yeah so this is he, he's the problem is he's written something for a um uh 
for a book. He's written a book, uh, and he's saying that you know people can be good and moral with uh, you know they don't need Jesus. You know, like it doesn't matter. Actually, this ties in with the other thing we have on the oh, document. Yeah. So um, yeah, he, so he's saying like yeah, it doesn't matter. People can be moral. You know, they don't have to believe in Jesus. You know, and um, right. even though that he's claiming that morals come from the Bible, whatever. But it's like it doesn't matter if people worship Jesus or not. And everyone's ready to sign off on the book. All the other scholars at the biblical college, except Gav McLeod, because Gav McLeod's like nah, you need Jesus. <laughs> so that's why he he sends um, him into the future to see what happens when people are, can be good, but there's no Jesus and all these things. Like they don't understand why they should be good. Like you need to know that Jesus is involved so that you oh, will be God. good. Because he's like, don't steal, and they're like, why? Like they why? don't see the point. They don't, if, they don't get the point. If, yeah. If no one would have a moral code. If, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's sort of the point of him going to the future to to try and learn what right. happens. But the, the future of his book saying like you don't need Jesus that is a big problem. So anyway, yeah. So but he's like he's like as, as Stephanie said he's like dealing with all this technology and freaking out all the time. And and this this scene where he like he's in that van that for that church van because he goes to the local yeah. church and church they have van. movie night and he's like he's mind you he's been there for like a day or two right and he's in the van and he's like he's got his head out the window as a pulls up to the movie theater and he's looking around like a like a fucking excited dog like huh? Huh? like oh my god like this thing is moving oh, just freaking out except the fact that he's been walking around the street with cars around for a whole fucking day at least you know like you've seen fucking cars all right so it's just stupid anyway and then so they go and sit in the theater and he's kind of excited like oh wow this is interesting and then it's like on for a little bit and his face just falls and then he comes running out of the theater screaming at the people in the concession stand like stop the movie they blasphemed they blasphemed and he's just freaking out because they said goddamn or something they, and that's the thing they don't ever they don't show any examples of anything like that that's so bad like they just have to tell you what happened like he's, in a, he's in like a store and there's like a lingerie model like a, a mannequin with lingerie on it and he's oh, freaking yeah. out but all you see is like a shoulder you don't, you don't, you see, yes. you just... <laughs> you don't even see any oh my god what if we read we made that movie but we cut in like like hardcore porn in the background <laughs> you know like all, everything really bad like bad stuff happening like yeah like, yeah like that's what he's watching on the screen and then yeah <laughs> yeah that would be so great. So how does that stack up like to other Christian movies? I mean that you've seen. Like uh, I, I was into it, but I don't watch a lot, so I'm sort of like Yeah, no. Well, this must be like maybe it's run of the mill for her, but it's exciting to us because we never yeah, no, watched it. No, I these. no, they're they I don't either I mean I mean I know horrible. you don't, but you have. Yeah, yeah. But, um I know. David collects like ones from the seventies and eighties. Right. I guess the nineties you know, so he has this nice collection of I guess Marsha Brady was in, you know, something yes. Maureen McCormick, you know, he has that. Um a lot of them are VHS, so we don't really watch them that much, but they, he treasures his collection of these movies. But um the left behind stuff is it's just all the same caliber, you know? Right. Like, and so, um and that oh, what God's Not Dead movie. Oh that I, yeah. I, I drunk tweeted last summer. Oh my god. Oh, they are like totally on par with each other, except right. no, no, there's no way to to measure which one's stupider. They are just <laughs> the worst movies that could ever pop. They're like, the room was way better than these <laughs> movies. That's <laughs> kind of what I thought. So, uh, it's well, just after, exhausting. Uh, it's horrible. 
Yeah, after we saw this, because we, because there's also a 53 minute, 5-3, 53 minute making of time changes on the uh, on the DVD, which uh, which we also. In fact, we had like 10, 10 minutes left, and we I think it was just before we went to Hawaii, and like we kept the DVD for like three extra weeks to watch that last 10 minutes before、oh、we returned、God. it on Netflix. But、um, <laughs> but like we had to see the whole thing because it's like I just didn't think I could watch a making of. For that, but it's really, it's really quite great. And、um, anyway, and so we're kind of fascinated by the director, and of course, Gavin McLeod,、um, captain from the Love Boat. So、um, there's another movie called The Secrets of Jonathan Sperry, which we got and watched that、um, a few weeks ago, and that was also、um, really great. But、um, in that, the Neighborhood Boys,、um, I think it's like the early '70s, and、uh, they somehow get involved with this older man, Jonathan Sperry, and they end up. Spending the whole summer going over to his place to do Bible study—it's so weird. Oh, and Jonathan helps、really、them、predatory. like with all their teenage problems because you know using the Bible,、oh, of course.、Gross. But yeah, yeah, but、um, yeah. So that's another another great one by Rich Cristiano, the、uh, the director of、uh, Time Changes. So、uh, oh, no, so he did both of them. What's that? He did, that same director did both of them. Yes, yes. And Greg、oh. said he saw another one that he did that was like a nine o two one o type、uh, movie. <laughs> but so we want to see that. I haven't seen that, but Greg told me. I don't know where he said he saw it, but、um, yeah. So I'm loving this. That was a very、yes. excellent present. Thank you. I'm glad you liked it. The other one is very different. <laughs> Two dollars <laughs> way up. <laughs> <laughs> so、um, you've been dealing with some vomit this week. Ugh. Yeah,、um, Lolly was spending the night with a friend, and we get a call, you know, at midnight, and they're like, "Oh, she threw up," so we go over to get her, and、um, so she got in bed with us, and she had her little vomit bucket, and she just projectiled on me all night, like didn't make it to the bucket hardly in time, and it was just so sad, you know, because they're throwing up, and I was trying to coach her through it. I'm just like lean into it, you know, like. <laughs> Oh. I'm like it's really scary, but just go, you know. I'm like trying to give her all all my my time earned tips on how to puke, but most efficiently.、Right. And she just like she was a total champion, but I was covered in puke. The mattress was covered in puke, you know.、Oh. Like, yeah, it's just like what are you gonna do? I slept in a pile of it. I was just so tired after a while. I'm like I'm not even moving, you know. She's、wow. throwing up right now. I'm just gonna lay right here in this cold puddle.、Oh. <laughs> Look at the smell. Oh yeah, it was bad. Oh, fucking bad. vomit smell. There's nothing like it. There is nothing like vomit smell. It really, yeah, there really isn't. Very distinct. And、God. then I was telling you, and you're like, I didn't know that you could throw up in toilets till I was like 15. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. It was like that. Late. It was pretty late though, because my mom would just like we, when we first would get sick. If I was sitting on the couch, I'd feel like throwing up, and I just turn my head. Over the side of the couch and just vomit on the carpet. It's like because nobody said, "Oh, try and go to the bathroom." Nobody ever said this. I just love that story so much. Yeah, I know. So anyway, I kept doing this, and then after once I vomited once, I then it's known I'm sick. So then we'd get like a like a four liter ice cream container、um, and and have that next to us, and we'd vomit into that. So then after that, it was contained for the rest of the sickness, right? But like, and then after a while, like mom was cleaning up the the carpet, and she'd get mad, like she's like, "Can't even vomit in the toilet or the sink or something." I think we started vomiting into the sink, and.、Um, 
And I was like, oh, okay. Like, like I know she, I'm not going to figure this out on my own. Like, the idea of going up to a toilet bowl and kneeling and vomiting into it, like, that's just, I don't know, maybe it seems normal now, but it's it's not, it's, I know. It's like, you don't put your head near the toilet. That's something Greg hates so much when you watch vomiting in movies and TV, when the vomiter is just grasping the, the bowl. You know, it's like, yeah, you know you that your thing head, is like, covered. Halfway in there. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know that's covered in piss splatter, right? Like, I know. Nobody is grabbing the bowl unless their shit face is drunk, you know? That always helps me, like, puke more. <laughs> One time I remember I was really, I was feeling nauseous and I'd gone into mom and dad's bed. I, like, oh, I feel sick and I was in their bed and I, but I, I felt like I needed to throw up, but I couldn't throw up. And I was like, every time I was like slightly thinking about food, I'd feel more nauseous. And then I thought, you'll feel much better if you get it out. And I remember just lying there awake and I went, KFC, KFC. And then I just jumped up and vomited in the bus. Nice. Yeah. So, KFC, KFC. KFC, KFC. Yes, see, that Greg time we need to vomit. Yeah. I got, I got to the bathroom that time. Yeah. But, oh, man. And I think the only time I've cleaned up my own vomit was when I um, uh, I was probably much older. I was probably like 16 or 17. And I had to clean it up because I vomited on the floor because I was already sitting on the toilet and I couldn't turn around. <laughs> I was sick from every orifice. That's the worst. Like, which do I do? Which do I do? And it was asparagus soup, I remember, and I just oh vomited all, all of it. All of I vomited all over the bathroom floor, and then I just had to like I was old enough. I like cleaned, cleaned it all up. But when I was fifteen, it's like the first time I got drunk, and I drank nearly an entire bottle of port. And oh. Oh my god! Because <laughs> I didn't know. I thought that's what you do. You drink an entire bottle of alcohol to get drunk, you know. And um, yeah, and then a day before we'd met this girl at this underage um, disco nightclub thing that we used to go to, and somehow she kept hanging out with my friends the next day. And then my friend had this party at her house, so this, these these two girls came to this party. So like it'd be just barely knew them anyway so I was like vomiting all over the place because I was so drunk you know and I remember I was like sitting on the I, I, oh the ice I was pissing and I vomited all over the floor in the toilet so everybody had to deal with my vomit all over the floor yeah. so bad and this girl <laughs> cleaned up everybody's vomit all the time this girl we just met and then we never saw her again oh. <laughs> Maybe she was an angel. Maybe. I think if anything would make me believe in angels, it's that girl. Because who the fuck cleans up? I wouldn't. I couldn't imagine cleaning up any of my friends' vomit. Little and people I met the day before. Fuck. The first time I was really sick and just like puked in the trash can. I, I couldn't, you know, I was just in bed and I just like puked in the trash can. And David had to clean it up. I'm like, is he going to divorce me? Because that is really disgusting. And he's like... Oh, honey, and I'm like, oh, you're so nice. Oh my god, you really like me. <laughs> uh, actually, Greg cleaned up a, my friend's vomit because he knew Aww. I couldn't handle it. He just like, I know you can't handle it, and he oh, did it. So he nice. vomited in our bathroom. <sighs> so nice. We have good husbands. We do. <laughs> so speaking of other uh, beings that vomit, um, Birdsworth's been vomiting again because no he still has worms. 
because no, I couldn't get that stuff. If you recall last time, listen, I was a big struggle to get him to take his medication. Yeah. I failed and we ordered shit from Australia <laughs> to put on his back of his neck. And, and then he was freaked out by that even. So like he kind of ran away and I thought most of it, I think, got just on the fur instead of getting on his skin under the fur. So I was never sure. And then I started to see worms around his ass again. He's vomiting like, fuck this shit. He still has the fucking worms two months later. So I was really mad. And again, like, great, we ordered more of the fucking tablets. We're trying it. We're chasing him around with the fucking other tube of the stuff to put on his neck. And he's just like not having any of it. I, I, I like sneaking up on him with a syringe with a diluted tablet. And he's freaking out. And I was like, this can't be done. It's easier for me to take him to the vet. So we decided, fuck it. We're just taking him to the vet. So that's what we ended up doing. I had to take a fucking anxiety medication before I left work so that I was calm because otherwise he can tell he can sense it that something's going on you know so I had to take this medication I was like by the time I got home I'm like yes I'm fine I'm fine because otherwise I get so anxious because I've gone through all this shit so it just gets worse so anyway so I was like hey Birdsworth and I like you take the Valium I'm taking the fucking medication So I'm like, hey, Birdsworth. And then I... I <laughs> oh, hey there, Birdsworth. I yes. didn't see you standing there. Totally, totally. Just like that. And just picked him up. And like, oh, the other thing, we set up the cat carrier. Because the best way to do it if you have a very skittish cat is to put it upright. Like, so that it's like like a sort of a tube standing up. Um, <laughs> you just drop them in. It's easy. And drop them in because it's harder to shove them in sideways, you know. So gravity helps. So I set this up two days before so that it would look casual on the day. <laughs> So, like, I, if I'm like fiddling with that before, he would get suspicious, right? So, anyway, so I dropped him in, and I, he almost got out, but I got, I kept him in, and I got it. I was like, "Fucking yes!" I fucking just felt like such, such a so victorious. Anyway, you do like a, a Jean Claude Van Damme like leg splits, like when you drop them into the carrier. To oh try no, to no, avoid no! Get this. In. So the, this is what? where I failed. I d- almost failed. Uh, the thing is, is, is sitting upright, right next to a cat tower. So on the way down, he's grabbing with his front paws <laughs> I was like I can't believe this like I, I, I have a setup right here for you to like hang on to something so I, luckily I thought I lifted him up so he could let go and then I moved away and then dropped him down again but, oh I couldn't fucking believe that happened but anyway got him to the vet the vet fucking gives him a shot of the worm tablets gives him his flea treatment and money's fine like i can just give her all that stuff no problem but anyway this all caused like a bunch of a bunch of cakes so like when greg first made the vet appointment so cakes again listener are stupid thoughts that you think for just a second so as i said he's so onto it that like when greg when greg told me the time for the appointment i was typing it into my google calendar i thought oh if i have it in writing he might see it <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, so it's like afraid to put it in the calendar because of that. And then anyway, he might be able to tell. Birds is so intuitive that you have to take Valium and you have to set you have to set the cage up on its end two days ahead of time to look casual. I bet Birdsworth could read that screen. He fucking could. I bet he fucking could if he saw it. And then a couple days after, so then after like such a traumatic incident, I'm trying to rebuild the relationship, you know. 
And so I think it was I think it was the next day afterwards and he had actually slipped did on you, the bed. Did you start off going, I am so sorry, I was an asshole. Yeah, I'm like, sorry, but it's all over and okay. I'm apologizing for him being a dick, right? Oh, I, he wouldn't even have to go to the vet if he just let me give him the fucking tablet and oh, eat his food. Eating fresh crab last time, remember? Fresh fucking crab. Oh, he wouldn't so eat jealous. it. Yeah. So anyway. So the second cake I had was like the day after and he was there was a pile of laundry which You're he loves to sit the in the laundry off. No, I, I, Valium. <laughs> no I left I left work early I left like 45 oh, okay. minutes early yeah 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 um, and so he's sitting in a pile of laundry and um, I came in I thought he would run away distrustful of me actually and this is like later in the evening that's right and I went and petted him and he didn't run or flinch or seem paranoid and I thought oh he must know that the vet's closed right now <laughs> oh. <laughs> He can tell. He can tell. Like, yeah, she's not Birds doing the event. It's closed. So those are some great cakes that I had based on uh, Birds With Me. just had me on such such edge about the whole thing. But um, anyway, so listen to Jonah. Uh, she must emailed us a cake during the week, which was great. Oh, but she did, um, yeah. yeah, so I guess, you know, when you're watching the weather report and they show the sun uh, or the clouds or whatever, she thought that they were being irresponsible by leaving the sun on the screen too long because people might burn their eyes looking at it. <laughs> and she's like, is this a cake? I'm like, that is a cake. That, that is, is a perfect a cake. cake. Yeah. Perfect. That kind of reminds me of Agatha's um, cake that she had about the stoplight burning out. Yes, and yes, yes, because the, the lights in the middle, the, it was like there's multiple little lights and the ones in the middle are burnt out. She thought that that was because people were stared directly into the middle. <laughs> yes, that is a classic. I love that one. <sighs> so um, last week at work... Um, mm. I was wearing kind of like a tunic top that I had made out of our fabric. And um, my coworker, the same coworker who's always asked me when I'm going to have another kid, when are you having another kid, which is none of his fucking business. Yeah. What do you say? What did do he you say? Have a standard reply? What, do you have a standard reply? I or just, how do you deal I, with I that? Keep answer, I, keep, I keep answering like with the real, like, I can't, we can't afford it, I don't want it anymore, it's physically dangerous for me, like all the real reasons when the answer should be, it's none of your fucking business. Yeah. You know, that's what the answer should be. Instead, when are I keep you answering, having a kid? <laughs> when are yeah. you having a kid, asshole? Are you going to financially help me out with this kid? And I decided that next time, I already decided that next time he said this, I was going to just tell him, you're not allowed to talk to me about this anymore and just tell nice. him, you know? And anyway, but then what he said instead was so much worse. I'm wearing this tunic top and he said, are you pregnant? (gasps) No, he did not. He did. And we had talked the week before about me not having, because Quincy was visiting in the lunchroom. I had to take care of him during my lunch break. And I, again, the same conversation. I said, I'm not having any more kids. And next week, are you pregnant? Like, why did you say that? He's like, because of the top you're wearing. I'm like, you never... You never say that. It's so fucking rude. And I never swear at like um, people that I don't. I'm not being friendly with. Like I never angry swear at people at work. You know, I said that's so fucking rude. And I just, I got so upset. I cried. And I'm just, I'm already like about to start a diet. Or just a few days into my diet. And I'm like, fuck this, fuck this. Like, yeah, I was really upset. Yeah, yeah. Did he see you cry, or did he know how upset I, you were? I, I, was, I was sort of backing him. I was near the over near the microwave with the back to him, and I got choked up. And um, and then I just walked oh. out of there. And he's like, oh, don't be mad. And I just walked out of there, and then I went into the bathroom and cried Don't for a few minutes. Yeah. yeah, but then seriously. He, he apologized later, and um, 
and I said, oh, look, I said, how old are you? And he like, he was like, how old do I look? He's like, look, I don't, I don't care. I'm not joking about this. I said, you should know at your age, over 50, I know, that you never ask a woman if she's pregnant. Like, that's just, you don't. I was like five, I told him, I was like, I was like five or six months pregnant with a very obvious pot before people would actually be like... Right, uh, I, and they still would like be hesitant, like they didn't want to right. say it and be wrong. <laughs> I know, you know, they would like cautiously, like I could tell them scope, I could see them scoping it out and deciding, trying to make the call, and then they'd say, "So are you waiting for me to finish the sentence?" Like this is when I'm so pregnant, right? And he's fucking saying it to me just because I'm a little fat, you know, like oh. wearing a tunic, just, just because I'm wearing a tunic. Fuck you, I can wear a tunic. I bet it's cute. It is cute. Thank you. It's but yeah, it totally Henry looks fabric. like a pregnant lady top, though. It totally does. <laughs> but Fuck that doesn't them, mean though. they're the only people who can wear it. Ugh. So yeah, that's just yeah. I don't I don't know what to do with that. It's yeah. Everything yeah. you said to him was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Hopefully I handled it well, and I, t- I I completely I let it go. Like I wasn't I didn't stay mad because that's just not the way I am. You know, I said I said what I had to say. Told him it was wrong, and I moved on. So. Yeah. Have you ever been uh, wrongfully accused? <laughs> I don't th- know. Well, actually, well, there's this lady at work who I think she had like a traumatic brain injury at some point because <laughs> she's I super love her because people are like she just came in my cube and farted and walked out. Like I just love she's never done that to me, but I would kind of be delighted if she did. Like right. cuz she doesn't have any like real social skills, I guess. So um and she, when she smiles, she's like, "Hi, how are you?" and then she goes back to just like straight line mouth, you know? Right. And so she entertains me to no end, but I remember like right after Lolly was born, she's like, "So are you looking forward to having another child?" And I'm like, "Did she just call me pregnant? Did she call me fat? Like what did she just say?" Yeah, to me? yeah. So I couldn't figure it out. Like she maybe she was just being really honest in the way people's no social awareness are or yeah. maybe she heard I was having, I don't know I, yeah so thank god no one's really done that that yeah. I can remember maybe I repressed it but uh, that's just the worst yeah. I, yeah, no one's supposed to ever say that. <laughs> they, my dad said that like this was like when I was a kid, but they we moved to a new neighborhood, and David, my dad was meeting the new neighbors, and he asked the ladies like, "So when are you due?" And she like got icy. She yeah. didn't say one word, and he said they never talked to him. They never <gasps> talked to them again. And the whole time we were neighbors there. <laughs> oh wow! I know. <laughs> So oh, my dad said it lesson. to a woman um, when they had a they had a coffee shop, and she uh, she said I had the baby two weeks ago, and so oh. yeah, it's like yeah. I think that's when I learned, like as a child, when my dad told me that. I was like, okay, that's how long I've known. I just can't believe that a man in his fifties and your dad would think that you could say that, and my yeah. dad, like, what the what fuck, man. I, I thought men lived in mortal terror of, of offending women by calling them fat, you know? Oh, they should be. They should by now. Some guy, this guy I know, it was about a month ago, but he, he told me something like, you're really obnoxious, but you have a lot of good stuff to say. I'm like, excuse me? Would you say that to a man? Would Seriously? Would you start off going, you're really obnoxious? He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I totally schooled him. And I even showed the conversation to Cote, who yeah. is Chilean, who is a fiery Latina. You do not want to get on her bad side yeah. because she is scary. And I showed it to her. I'm like, you're a therapist. What do you think? She's like, I think you're a little harsh on him. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh my God, if Cote thinks I was harsh, then I'm really, I was harsh. And so I told him, I was like, I'm sorry if I came down to hard on you and he's like no no I, I deserved it like he was really nice about it yeah but, 
yeah. Well, I was glad he I think received he's scared it. of me now. Well, it sounds like everybody got something out of that in the end. <laughs> After <laughs> much, much insults. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so, are you into the serial podcast? I am. You Have you been listening? Did you listen to it? I only listened to the first two episodes, and it uh-huh. didn't really take for me, but I'm oh. open to going back. Okay, so. yeah. Well, um, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, I knew this going in that you're not going to get the resolution at the end. Like, we don't okay. find out, you know. But it's just, I just found the whole thing really, really compelling, you know. Just, just. I think I like the depth with... So, sorry, we're just jumping into it. But, yeah, for anyone who doesn't already know, the Serial Podcast um, is like an offshoot of This American Life. Um, and this uh, uh, Sarah Koenig, this journalist, is uh, sort of... This case where this um, teenager has uh, gone to jail for supposedly murdering his ex girlfriend in high school in 1999 and um and uh, the boys the guy's family now he's in his 30s because like 15 16 years ago um uh, they reached out to her to like can you look over this because they just think he was wrongfully convicted so she's digging up all this information trying to like re sort of create timelines and doing all this different stuff and interviewing people that knew them and just creating a really in-depth picture of of everything going on and i think what really fascinates me about it is how you can easily get swung you hear something like oh yeah that yeah that's fucked yeah i think he did it and you hear something else like that just doesn't sound right and you you can't i think that's i think that's i think that's why i thought you would like it because i think you sort of enjoy hearing so much stuff and not being able to land on an answer you know and you know there is an answer there is a fact he either did it or he didn't do it that is definite but we cannot know you know and we have so much information you know and i think that's what's what's very gripping about it so um yeah so i really really enjoyed it so i listened to the whole thing in like three days it's like 12 episodes yeah yeah i listened like i think five or six in the first day and the next six on the 12 episodes on the on the second day but i wondered if you had a bias against it because i know you hate this american life (laughs) (laughs) i was like maybe it's just ira glass's voice that she hates i know no he's such a nice guy i hate that i hate it you know it it, it goes back (laughs) it it is completely how okay it's the type of people who talk about it they're like oh this american life did you catch did you listen to fresh air terry was saying the other day like i feel like people are so smug when they're talking about right that shouldn't it's not the podcast fault okay but i like how um uh, you would you don't watch parks so you wouldn't have seen that but amy amy puller whatever leslie nope was on on their version of npr and they're like now to the break we're going to listen to this lesbian danish didgeridoo trio called nefertiti's fjord and it's like like, i'm like yes yes that is that kind of music like i hate it right and so i don't know i I really hate npr stories on hip-hop artists that really you don't like hip-hop you like really don't like it's not about hip hop. It's not about my dislike oh. of hip hop. It's about uh-huh. them being cool about it, and like we get it. They're being they're intellectualizing it. it. You know what I mean? People who it's, are into hip hop. It's it's, just, it's not even that. It's just the NPR tone on hip hop. Like you know, I know plenty of people that like and will legitimize you know hip hop. That's fine. This it's just there's such a you know that NPR voice with the you know. So when you're writing blah blah blah, what did what were you, you know just that 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 yeah that 
whole style of interview about hip hop. You know, it's just kind of it's like when Jack White was on Ellen. It's like what's going on? You know, like why are these two things together? What happened? Oh, it's so awkward. It's one of the most. (laughs) It's because he hates it. He does not want to be there. And she's like, oh, like hey, I'm Ellen, and oh, I'm a big fan. You know. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. How recent was this? <laughs> it was within the last six months. Yeah. Oh, I saw his like his big thing about his writer getting published. Oh <laughs> the yeah, yeah, yeah. That was stupid. That was embarrassing. I was the like, whole thing. I know. My only I mean, problem with the whole it. thing was that there was too much cilantro in the guacamole recipe. <laughs> You don't like cilantro, do you? I hate it. That's yeah. right. That's I don't like, mind it you if call it's like it cooked in into like a curry and it's gone, but when it's on top as a garnish or it's close mm. to its original way, I can't. I don't like it. I just want to eat big bunches of it. Blech. I want to stuff it yeah. in every orifice. I mean, I discovered I didn't like it from working in the supermarket and people would buy bunches of it and I would scan it and I was like, what is this smell that's upsetting to me? Like, I didn't even know what it was <laughs> right away. And then I was like, oh, this said smell. What is it? And I looked at the label on the bunch. I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, Australia, we call it coriander, um, right? Which coriander. Is the sea, instead of just here, we just call the sea coriander. But anyway, so I was like, oh, so I'd see it coming. I was like, is that parsley? No, it's coriander. And I'd like take a deep breath and I'd like scan it and then dump it in the bag, like and like try not to, and then like try and hold my breath until I'd taken the bag out and put it off to the side. But oh, I hated it. But That's um, like me with curry. Yeah. Well, I'm not that way anymore. But oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like with- but I, I, I mean, I have a, I have a, um, I have a, uh, it's a, uh, I have a. A gene for this that's why they found the gene so really like, yeah for the cilantro haters yeah we have a gene that what? makes us hate it yeah oh so i, I like this information vindicated um <clears throat> yeah but back to cereal um yeah like does that interest you like the whole uh in terms of a, a murder case you know the whole i'm sorry i'm still laughing at hi i'm ellen i'm a big fan <laughs> sorry <laughs> I have to see this right now. Oh. This sounds so good. Anyway, okay. <clears throat> no, I'll focus. Um, okay. I totally... Okay. I I was on the Grapes of Wrath a couple months ago when they were talking about, like, they were super into cereal because we know right when it was first out and all right. the episodes were... Yeah. And, um... And I was like, I tried to listen to it, but I thought they were really bad actors. They're like, Steph, this is a real story. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, I, now, I mean, knowing that, I was like, that's interesting. And um, I recently went back and watched the Staircase documentary again because it's like the same thing. Right. This um, that's on. It's streaming on Netflix. Have you seen it? I will. I'll watch it when we get off the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I have no plan for the evening, so why not? It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so this guy's you know wealthy mystery novel writer in North Carolina, like super huge mansion. He's famous, pretty famous, whatever. His you know he calls nine one one. He's like, my wife fell down the stairs, and she she's bleeding everywhere. Help! Help! Blood! Help! It's kind of like Norman Bates going, Mother! No! You know, like, that's what it reminds me of. And So, anyway, the thing is, like, did he kill her? And uh-huh. so everything just unfolds, and just the way it unfolds, I won't do any spoilers, but oh my right. god. It, it's totally like cereal. You're like, yeah, yeah. you see both sides, and you're like, oh, it could be this. Oh, he did it. Wait, did he? You know, yeah, so you're yeah. kind of swinging I back really and forth. I really like that kind of, I think that's what I liked about it, is that she's very honest about where she's at, you know, that mm, she yeah. she talks to, um, 
Adnan, the um, the guy who's convicted in prison a lot, you know, and he just sounds so innocent, you know, and she just talks about like she's just mm-hmm. always weighing up, like I just it just doesn't sound guilty, but she's like, but I, how do I know I'm just not being completely duped? Like she's just very honest with her yeah. the, the confusion about it, which is what what I really really um, I, I just feel like it's very thorough um, investigative reporting you know so, and that's like refreshing uh, too for them to be like I don't know <laughs> what's that? it's just refreshing for the for someone to say I don't know yeah <laughs> yeah because that's what's kind of creepy is that you realize this in everywhere that you know and from watching procedural court dramas is that like the prosecution has to wants to prosecute in a certain number of cases you know what i mean they want to get convictions so they'll come up with a story and then try to like make that story real as to who the 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 murderer is you know what i mean so it's it's not just like getting all the information out and like at some point being like you know what this is this isn't right we can't do this you know what i mean they'll kind of like push that to the side to keep their narrative going you know to keep their their suspect and it's just so sick which is what i like about this is that she doesn't push any information aside to prove one point or the other she has her feelings pulling her this way and mm-hmm. that but she's not ignoring any information ever yeah. so that's what's i think refreshing about it you know because you realize oh. nothing every because you, you i think that's the thing you keep wanting it to just seal it up for you but you mm-hmm. realize that that's not doing the story justice to do that you know the mm-hmm. reality that we're conditioned to want to need ending but it's just not, it's not always, you can't always get it, you know? So, right, right. Um, I think, yeah, I want to, um, I feel like you'd enjoy it on that, on that level. I think I would. Yeah. Because, um, have you heard the Lindy, Lindy West talking to her biggest troll? Did you hear that on NPR? Uh, it was, I, I think I read it or, or either I started to read it because I saw it, uh, the, 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 the tab in my browser and I'm like, I don't remember if I read this or not. Like, I know I started oh, yeah. to and then I couldn't remember if I if I, if I did or not because our brains are like just, you know, I know, sponges that get mom, squeezed. But she mom brains. Yeah. Uh, she like, so Lindy West, she's a, you know, she's a writer who, she's a feminist and she gets so so much violent hate you know like her twitter is hilarious and amazing and and she'll you know take her trolls on whatever but she has so many of them and one of her meanest trolls made a fake twitter account under her her dad's name after her oh, yeah, yeah. recently no, I did soon after her dad yep, died yep. yeah so it was really beautiful how he felt sorry and they had a big conversation about it and he talked about his motive and i was kind of like this is what the most powerful thing about it was that they were both talking about their feelings and just being really honest about yeah. how that landed with them. And I'm like, I love how they didn't really try to quantify it. Like, yeah, like, well, this was bad because of this. Just kind of like, she's like, this is how this landed with me. And he's yeah. like, he was able to feel it. Like, and I'm like, you know what? It's really rare for people to have empathy. It's like yeah. really, and, and it's just like so beautiful. She's like, it shocked me that he did that. Yeah. So I kind of want to, I want to have a kind of emulate that if I can, when I do this podcast with Matthew Paul Turner, just to be like, how did I make you feel? Yeah. And, and how, this is how you made me feel. Yeah. And man, he's a safe person. Like not everyone's a safe person to do that with. Cause some people yeah. just won't care, but this troll of Wendy's care. Lindy's yeah. Yeah. Cared, and, it's and just Matthew's so hard cared. to understand. Imagine that someone with that much empathy and capacity yeah. to care that much could also be such a vicious troll. Exactly. So it's exactly. really, really weird. But yeah, a lot of recurring themes in this episode coming back I to... I know, how about yeah. that? Before we uh, leave Serial, I want to mention the weird I'm thing Ellen. that happened in... Hi, huh? I'm Ellen! <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm Ellen! I love it! Big Call fan! Back. 
um, so I listened to, I think this is after I'd only listened to the first episode and I was like totally hooked and wanted to keep going. And, and you listened to two, so you probably heard, but they, they play like the recording of when you get a call from prison, you know, cause she's talking to the guy in prison all the oh, time. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like, hi, you have received a collect call from, and then the recorded name of the person, and, you know, Adnan Syed, uh, please press blah, 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 to continue, you know, from Texas State, whatever, or in that case, Maryland, right, State Penitentiary, whatever, right? And they play this recording. So I'm just, I've heard this, like, in the last hour, right? And anyway, my phone rings. This is a collect call from blah, 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 from something, something, Texas State Penitentiary. I got a fucking call from prison right no, after I... Didn't. Yes, I did. It was just the wrong number, I assume. But I got a fucking call oh, from prison. Terrifying. And it was just like, I felt so stalked because I just watched the show, yeah. listened to the show. So I felt like, what? Huh? Is this part of it? Do you get a call? Wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Wait, what just happened? Like, it was just like my brain was just frying, totally confused. And then, and I also realized the reason, like, the whole call made sense to me is because, like, I just heard it happen. You know what I mean? So I understood what oh, those right. what those pre-recorded <laughs> things were because, I mean, I've heard, of, heard them on TV and stuff before, but it was really mm-hmm. fresh in my mind and I was like okay it's the wrong number you don't know this person and then it said press zero to hear the call charge I was kind of curious I kind of wanted to take the call but um and then I, I press zero right? like, yeah and, and I'm like hi uh what's, how's it going <laughs> but, um, to be you. <laughs> I don't know if it's the wrong number if they like dial random people to chat and like who knows but anyway but it said like you have to have an account set up like with money in it to like pay for the calls so I was like I can't do it so yeah but I was kind of curious but I just yeah. I wondered how much it would cost even but anyway that was too bad but it was totally freaked me out totally freaked me out yeah what are the chances I know so pretty insane so um i uh, saw this uh I, I don't know if you saw it but it was a list of 11 disturbing sex toys uh yeah. it was a, it's just a buzzfeed list i always feel lame sharing buzzfeed lists buzzfeed list. but i mean sometimes they're just that great you know and, uh, yeah so and i mean 11 disturbing sex toys i mean how can you go wrong so the 11. first one i like that they arrived at 11 11 <laughs> Well, the number's always random. I always feel like that's part of part of it. Like, if the list was 10, they would say, you have to add one or take one off. You have to have a weird number. <laughs> Somehow validates the list. This is purposeful. Yeah. But um, anyway, so the first one is Mr. Jackmouth with mustache. And it's like like a like a, a penis tube to like fuck you know and then it has like a chin and lips and a tongue and a and, and a nose and it has a mustache and inside the mouth are like these little like um like fingers like rubbery prong type things to massage the penis and it's fucking terrifying like oh it is so what country is it from it doesn't say um, then there's the King Dong, which is a 15-inch uh, uh, dong. Then there is, they call it the Baby Jesus Butt Plug. <laughs> and? and it's just like a tiny little, I don't know if it's supposed to be Baby Jesus, but it is a little baby's face, like wrapped oh in some sort God. of swaddling cloth. So, oh um, let's see, there's the Canon, which I don't even, I can't even, it just looks like a, it's like a, a dick, it's called the Canon, and it's a dick shaped, but it's got like a wheel embossed on the side, like a Canon, and it's, it's really, it looks like it's about over a foot tall, and really what? fucking wide, it's ridiculous, I, I Wait, can't even describe, does it do, does it like, it doesn't fire say. anything into your cavities? It, all it says is, <laughs> for even when the King Dong is not enough for you, but it doesn't, I can't even imagine anything 
that I mean, I couldn't go into a mouth. I couldn't go into anything. So I, that's insane. It's just decorative. King Dong is not enough. See, this the death by orgasm, ten speed scorpion bullet vibrator, <laughs> which is a vibrator shaped like a fucking scorpion. Death by orgasm. <laughs> and then there's uh, Kehlani's foot fetish, um, and so it's a foot. It's a rubbery foot with like a, a heel, with like a heeled shoe, and it's like a strappy shoe, and it's got red nail polish. But when you turn it upside down on the sole of the shoe, there's a vagina in it. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> You can fuck the foot. Covert. Very covert. Um, this is Area 51 Love Doll, which is an alien with three breasts, and it's kind of bluish in skin color, and it includes free alien lube. When, oh, when you said Area 51, I was thinking Studio 51. I was like, Studio alien? 54. Why would it be an alien? <laughs> Studio 54. <laughs> Close enough, Steffi. <laughs> There's a reali- realistic tongue vibrator, which is like just this pink thing on a on a gray handle. It looks really <laughs> terrifying. Some Why does sort it have of to be on a handle? Because that's where the battery is in the. You'd hold 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 it there. So yeah, um, the nut crusher. It's like a. It looks like something you'd I don't know like crush grapes or something in. But you're supposed to put your balls in this thing and twist it. It's fucking Isn't insane. Isn't there like a whole Christmas musical about that by Tchaikovsky? Oh, that's right. There is actually. I forgot. It's such a common practice. It's been going on. It's a Christmas tradition. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see, this weird dragon's tongue. So it's supposed to be like the tongue of a dragon. The small size is bigger than um, a soda can because a soda can is in the picture for reference. <laughs> and the, the extra large is about three times the size of a soda can. So Someone told me that, that she fucked someone whose dick was like a Coke can. Have you heard anyone say that? I haven't, but I have a similar something coming right up in the next, and I wish that, next news piece. I wish I had gotten some more information out of her. We're not, I haven't seen her in forever. Like, does it taper off at the end? Like, how would you get it in? You know what I mean? You can't just start with Coke can. I wish I'd asked. Yeah. Um, the final thing is the dick screw twist, which kind of looks like a corkscrew, but not as like sharp. Um, imagine if a corkscrew had sort of been dipped in something and just sort of like was coated in something. Um, and you're supposed to screw this into the uh, urethra, I guess. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, it's horrifying. That's, yes. That's the Link scariest. to this uh, very NSFW um, piece um, <laughs> at, 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 uh, on dongtini.com uh, for the bonus materials we always promise. Um, so yeah, Boner speaking material. of a speaking of a oh, so and then there's a new vagina, a new vagina to talk about. A new vagina to talk about. A new vagina. It's a brand new kind of vagina. Woman who couldn't have sex gets artificial vagina made from pig intestine. Wow. Yes. That's recycling. Yeah, so I'll just read the dot points because uh, that's what's great about Daily Mail is that it's made for idiots, so everything comes in I dot points the at the Daily beginning. Mail. It's like you can read the whole thing if you want, but we're going to tell you everything you need to know in the dot points <laughs> at the top. Um, Efficient. Czech woman had very narrow vagina due to medical condition scleroderma. Uh, Problem was so bad that a gynecologist could not carry out an examination. Um, Surgery is believed to be the first of its kind. The doctors then inserted a mesh made from pig intestine um, during recovery. And the one millimeter thick mesh keeps area wide while human tissue grows around it. Wow. Operation will eventually allow the woman to resume sexual activity. So I guess it like stretched it out and then it's 
it's like holding the shape to not make it collapse into being too wow. small. So what that's the hell? Great news for but yeah, but I, I I said something. I don't even know if this is like totally sexist or what, but I said if the, if she was really like an awful person, um, a guy could say, "I can't believe you fucked that pig." <laughs> <laughs> be true because she's not a nice person and she has a pig in her vagina <laughs> it's not sexist then that's right it's piggist <laughs> um so back to the soda can so a guy has a um a penis the size it grew to the size of a um uh, football or the shape of a football was it, it was the kind of shape because I saw the x-ray yeah yeah so it's not exactly the full size but it's it's up there it's like one of those mini ones that are like a, 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 a boy would play with you know when he's too small for a regular sized football <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like I can't play sports because my dick is too big yeah he, like that was yeah. his complaint yeah it was insane but you can see x-rays in this thing so it's kind of it's you know smaller at the end this is why I can't imagine this coke can fucking you know so yeah so it's I I mean, it's, it looks, it's kind of shaped like an eggplant. It looks about the size of an eggplant. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it grew this way. It wasn't like he started out this way. It kind of built up to it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So this is a pretty remarkable. But they did the surgery and it's great success. And yeah, he's a little bigger than he was before it all started growing. So he's delighted. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. Including the women. I think he has we need to fuck. It has to. I feel like they should at least give the public an actual photo rather than that x-ray that we've all seen i think you're right that's what the public wants the guys i'd identify just let us have it you know he's fixed yeah. no one will know <laughs> so yesterday i received a link about uh okay so it's like the article is this is from prostate.net how your penis exercises <laughs> oh while you God. sleep and it's just talking about how like nocturnal boners are like your penis exercising itself. So anyway, the benefits and all that I don't really care. I haven't read the whole thing. But what I did I did want to read to the our dear listeners is how to test for nocturnal erections. If you are not waking up with erections and are not sure if you even still have nocturnal erections, here's a simple nocturnal erection test you can do three nights in the privacy of your own home. Before you laugh, this is a real test used by urologists and it has a name, the nocturnal penile tumescence stamp test. Oh my god. Oh, get, I think I know where this is going. You think you know? Yeah. Get a strip of four to six postage stamps. You'll need a strip for each night. Wrap the strip around the shaft of the penis and moisten to seal the ring. Once the stamp is dry, carefully place your penis into your shorts or underwear to protect the stamps from falling off. I really love that line. I don't know why. Wow. In the morning, check to see if the stamps have been broken along their perforation. (laughs) Yeah, the stamps broke when I jerked off right before I fell asleep. (laughs) During at least one of the three nights, you should see the ring of stamps broken. If the ring is not broken, there may be a physical problem and you should talk to your doctor. Can you just imagine, like, sticking stamps to your dick? Yes, I can. (laughs) (laughs) That was in an episode of Sex in the City when um, Agent Dale Cooper, (laughs) Kyle McLaughlin, he was a Twin Peaks, he'll always be Agent Dale Cooper to me, but he couldn't get it up, and so Charlotte was very concerned, and she did the stamp test, and Uh it was was really stupid. But 
you know, salacious. Yes, very salacious. So um, rolling back to uh, what we're talking about with um, uh, time changes and whether or not people can be good without God, um, there was a study um, and there was an article in the New York Times about how secular families are pretty awesome at just being great people and having ethics and morals and being good citizens and not being racist and prejudiced and it was just a really great piece and and you brought it to the document um what were your thoughts on it yeah i well aaron mason told me about it first he was like there was a study done on kids growing up in religious homes versus secular homes and i'm like let me guess yeah (laughs) the ones in the secular homes turn out less crazy and more stable and better rounded he's like yep well it's actually part of an ongoing study the guy's been doing the study for years just on families and ethics and morals for years and he's actually only recently added like the group of the secular because it's grown so much it was so small before that they weren't really paying attention to it so it's only recent years that they've actually added and started so it's not even just like a a study like trying to prove one thing or the other it's been an ongoing study for like i think like maybe 20 or 30 years he's been oh, doing cool. this yeah keeping like boyhood his, his uh his yeah keeping his eyes on uh, on how these ethics uh, and morals uh, uh are unfolding in different types of families with different beliefs and structures and so forth so yeah so i was obviously pleased to hear it a big fuck you to anyone that thinks uh i'm doing something wrong by not raising my child with any religion or anything so well like, yeah if sccl is any indication like it will really fuck you up to be yeah, raised yeah. in a religious home yeah it's just there's hardly anything good that comes of it i mean because people tend to get crazy with it you know yeah, and yeah. use it as a way to control so I, I i mean my guess is that i'm i'm just assuming like people you know raised without a, you know religion are trusting their intuition more and that is like a recipe to be mentally sane you know yeah. like more stable and and just have an, an inner moral compass like i honestly everyone is born with that like it's, it's like being not, good for goodness sakes not for exactly. any other reason and i think yeah. that and i just feel like i think it keeps it real it strips it of bullshit so i think you you mm-hmm. stay focused on why you would and wouldn't do things because you're not thinking about being punished or disappointing yeah. god or any other extraneous reason it's just because this is how we get along in society <laughs> so right yeah and I, i i really liked it it said that um it said that um uh these secular kids were um yeah less prejudiced and mm-hmm. um and uh that they were less likely to be worried about being cool um Aww, in school so as cool. teenagers so i was like wow that's really interesting i mean and i don't i even though i was in a religious school i don't feel like i had i, I you just don't know what level they're talking about religious versus non-religious and definitely i was concerned with how i was perceived but i liked that you know mm-hmm. in the in the course of the study that that was a, a a benefit how do you have any thoughts as to why uh secular kids might feel less inclined to want to fit in or be cool than um religious kids I think I think it goes back to being trust being taught to trust their intuition more, like having right. a better sense of self in that way. Whereas religious kids brought with religion, brought up with religion, need to get their validation from an outside source. Right. They're always afraid of getting in trouble. <laughs> right. So they're already looking to something else. So now it's like, okay, now I'm at school. I need to be. Well, who do I look to now to yeah. fit in? Whatever. Right. Right. That makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, it was a great study, and uh, I was I was uh, happy to 
for my people to come out and go to <laughs> but um my people but um yeah i when i went looking for this just to bring it up just to rescan it before we um we recorded i found a a rebuttal by christianmomthoughts.com oh, jesus so, christ yeah and it's just kind of it. it's just sort of like saying well everybody of course secular people can be moral because god gave us the ability to be moral so you know you don't have to yeah they're just sort of still like yeah, yeah they have it because argument. of god run along yeah it's like whatever no, that was dismissive but come on yeah <laughs> let's see how how fucked up your kids are in 20 years yeah <laughs> Um, so to close, I wanted to talk about something Greg and I watched during the week. I mean, we just watched one episode and yeah, I mean, we'll watch more, but you need a break because it's kind of awful and amazing. But did you ever see the Brady Bunch, um, variety? Mm. Well, it started, we watched the Simpsons and saw the, the Simpsons spinoff special. I don't know if you've seen that episode, but it's so great. And, um, they have like a fake, um, it's definitely a parody of the Brady Bunch variety hour, but it's the Simpsons family, um, smile oh. time variety hour. And. And, um, yeah, so then after we watched that, we were like, yeah, let's watch let's watch the Brady Bunch one. So, yeah. Have you ever seen the Brady Bunch Variety Hour? I've only heard about it. Oh, my God. It's on YouTube. I think all of them are on YouTube. So, yeah. Okay. You've got to watch it. Down. But it's amazing. It's, like, so fucking bad. If you've seen the Simpsons one, it's just like that, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> Is it supposed to be bad? No, no. It's sincere. They're okay. singing and dancing and having this these the terrible... Actual- Original act actors. Everyone and except not- everyone except Eve Plum. Jan did not return. And, oh um, yeah, she's yeah, mad. Yeah, and so and Greg looked the girl that played Jan in the variety show, which only ran for nine episodes, and they pulled the plug on it. But she's still touting herself as fake Jan. This thing came out in like the late seventies. <laughs> she's like got a CD. She's like done a CD of something, an album. It's like blah, blah blah, sung by fake Jan and her real name. Like she's still riding the fake Jan train from that sh- piece of shit it's so amazing and yeah i just i can't even but yeah there's like there were like terrifying She's clowns i've seen train. this thing twice before like we watched it the other day and I, i'd forgotten all these horrible things like this and they were all like jumping into a pool and there are clowns donnie and maria in one episode this is in the first oh, episode they're like having wow. this like 50s like roller skating scene that makes no sense and then they sing a song it's so fucking amazingly bad but yeah it's very compelling but after we watched it I was like I can't watch another one like right now like, oh no <laughs> really? just one tonight I'm like no not like this week even like it's gonna be like a week until I can watch another one like it's like wow yeah, yeah it's it's draining in it's horribleness yeah but it's like I didn't realize my brain could like delude me that much until I watched this and I know I've seen this episode before and I like I don't remember any of these things these horrible horrible things so that's you know my what I'm big recommendation tonight. yep and what am I watching what's the show called The Staircase The Staircase yes I will watch that <sighs> excellent cool well I <laughs> we're done right we're done we are so that done that about wraps <laughs> things up oh good um yeah please call the dong line it is <laughs> 323 301 dong dong is in wiener and if you're buying anything on Amazon, which I'm sure you've probably never done, but if you're thinking about it, like click through donkini.com first so we get a little kickback and stay on the airwaves. And I think that's about it. So until next time, bye, Simone. Bye, Stephanie. Bye.